Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. This episode is going to be interesting. Reason why it's interesting is it gets a little personal, gets a little down deep. Doing some analytical thought here, and uh, this is actually a topic that the team came up with. I had some uh, family in town. Oh god, sorry, mojito burp. Uh, Bro, Neil took the reins, led the team on a little uh, expedition, if you will, and came out the other side with a uh, podcast focused on skills. Pretty broad term, right? Very vague. Um, but at the end of the day, skills are what make people successful. And we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the skills that have made us successful. And basically that is the set of skills that we believe that everybody should have in uh, what Bronio referred to as their brain space. It's just a great term. I love that. Hey, man, there's not much space up there left. You know, you got to make use of your brain space. Running out of RAM. Exactly. (laughs) Is it a particular set of skills that you've learned over a long career that make you a nightmare (laughs) for people like me? Yeah. Albanians. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, so we're just going to kind of dive into this one, guys. We're going to check it out. Uh, Quick note, we started a Telegram account. Um, as a result of us just getting zucked and shadow banned um, on Instagram. It's been pretty terrible because, uh, you know, we never advocated violence openly. Uh, we just advocate people protecting themselves and learning more about the world and objectively thinking, not being polarized, like being reasonable human beings and uh, being ready for what, what life might bring you. And uh, apparently that is unacceptable in the world of brainwashed, uh, useless sheep. So with that being said, we're going to try the little telegram thing, check it out. Hopefully it doesn't get uh, bombed out like parlor did. And, uh, yeah, we'll check it out. So hop in there, hang out with us. We'll put up some posts in there. Pretty much anything we put on Instagram, we'll put in there. Plus a couple more bonus goodies for you. So anyhow, swing out there, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah, so skills guys, do we have a handle for that yet? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you look in, uh, it's in our Instagram profile, but if you look in telegram, it's going to be no spaces, uh, path five network. Cause that's what we're looking to build a uh, network of good, good people. And that's something that can get uh, activated and implemented in the event of a natural disaster in a certain area. Uh, you name it, any set of hazards could be a, a really good asset. So great point, Da Vinci. Thank you. No problem. So just didn't want, want us to miss that. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. True, true. All right. So skills, uh, you know, we're not talking about anything too crazy here. Um but I'd like the guys to relate to at least one uh, surprisingly useful skill. Uh, it could be a soft skill. 
as it's known, or it could be something a little more tangible. And, you know, this is interesting thought that's often overlooked, uh, due to, I'd say due to Hollywood, right? Because Hollywood says that operators must have three skills, shooting baddies, punching baddies, and having horrible social lives consisting of debauchery and ex-wives, right? So, but in reality, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And I think that's where, that's what's going to set um, an operator apart from dudes like, you know, Lucas Botkin, right? He's He's got skills with a, a rifle and he can probably critically think, judging by the fact that he runs a business, but there's all those other skills that go on in the background that set folks apart. Um from from other people who are just focusing on mastering one skill. Um, so, you know, you typically hear that concoction of when you ask somebody, you say, oh, what's what's a good skill to have in the, the soft community or military environment security? You hear people like, you need to hit a target at 600 meters with iron sights. And you're like, all right, okay. And you're like, uh, oh, no, you need to hold your breath for four minutes underwater. You're like, okay, great. Uh Awesome skills to have, right? Pretty cool stuff. But at the end of the day, are you really using those things? And and they uh, sound a little perishable. Not really practical on a daily basis to the point where you're using them and you're you're always developing them. So, so Broniel, yes, sir. Why don't you why don't you talk about a skill that is is unique? Uh, it's not really run of the mill, and something that you've used to uh, generate some success for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, first of all, it's your boy, Bronio. I hope it's going on with y'all because you already know it's going on with me, man. Oh, yeah. um, I got to say, one of the less thought about but more useful skills that I actually have is lock picking. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it started off as a hobby. And I think the first thing I ever bought off of Amazon, and this is like, you know, changing my my dollars that I had into Amazon gift cards. Cause I was still in like middle school. I think it was like a set of lock picks. And this is like 2007, I think. Ooh. So this is the first thing I ever bought off of Amazon. And I've been using that same set and similar sets since then. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it's cool. You know, it definitely started as a hobby and it was just something to practice fine motor skills, something that you can do kind of aimlessly. You don't need all of your senses to do it. You know, if you're really doing it just based off of touch to kind of simulate, you know, if you were doing it at night, not really being able to like look at the lock cylinder as you're picking through it, you, know, you can just be watching TV and just playing with a lock, playing with a lock. And there's a lot of really fun and interesting ways to defeat locks that are out there for very specific locks, which I, you know, I, I get all nerdy about that, right? I can talk for hours about different battery chemistries, but I'm a security guard by trade, you know? So it's... It's just one of those little things that I've I've picked up along the way and never really got rid of. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's actually really interesting, uh, and that's something you've kind of turned me on to. And that's actually one of those skills that's in my personal development plan for the next year. So it's something I want to check out. I vote, um, I vote we change uh, Bro Neil's call sign to Stella from uh, <laughs> the Italian job because I mean he's not a tall, hot, blonde girl, but he does know I how mean, to use rocks. He's not. Yeah. yeah. He's a lot of things, but he's not that. <laughs> Check two of the boxes. 
I'll take two thirds. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, when you <laughs> buy yourself a, a, a 1968 Mini Cooper and rip it through the streets of Philadelphia, I will think about granting you that call sign. There we go. Okay, I'm down. Challenge accepted. Criteria <laughs> listed. <laughs> you got to bleach your hair, too. You got to bleach your hair. I want to see it bleached. Can, I, right, can I do 50 50? Can I do frosted tips? Oh, yeah. Bring Ooh. it back. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's going to get you a different call sign. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Backstreet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an insect. Hey, don't, oh. don't bash them. They're good. I sing them at karaoke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Not Sometimes true. she just wants it that way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I got us off track. No, you're good, man. Back Thank to you lock for picking. That. Back it's to good. lock picking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, if you're not, you know, 007 or a locksmith, I guess when are you actually going to use that? Are there like uh, practical and tactical applications for that skill? Yeah, you know, um, and it's tough to to speak on things that may or may not be legal. Um, but I've come into contact with many, many legal uses of um, being able to defeat or um, you know, go around locks. Circumvent, um, if you will. Circumvent, there's the word. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I Ooh. I do think it is a little bit on the gimmicky side when, when you look at like video games or TV and movies where people just shove a bobby pin in there and fiddle around a little bit and then the locks magically open. You know, but in reality, the knowledge of just how the mechanism works, that alone coming out of that is just another thing to keep in your mind how things interact with each other in the world and how, you know, you can interact with them in an unconventional manner that may make them, you know, not function as they should. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a uh, multidimensional puzzle. Exactly. Exactly. It's an endless pursuit theoretically, right? Yeah. And I mean, for me, I've, uh, I used it not technically lock picking, but uh, bypassing different types of electronic countermeasures and electronic locks. Uh, I used that in my last job where I worked directly with the access control installation team and the design team to kind of find a happy medium between what the engineer wants and what they're actually going to get. Um, so that was fun. Um, and I've, I've used it at work uh, a number of times for just opening locker lockers for coworkers who, uh, you know, might've left part of their duty belt in the locker the night before. And, uh, well now it's zero five thirty, and we got to be on a shift at six. Oops. And he's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. man, anyone got bolt cutters? And I'm like, nah, man, I got you fam. It's all good. But it's crazy what's out there, you know, and it's, it's nothing that's too expensive to get into. You know, you can get a cheap set off of Amazon for probably less than 20 bucks, and that'll show you, you know, how locks function at, at a basic level. And, you know, if you want to get into it and you want to spend ridiculous money, you can. I mean, I have sure. lock picks that are about 90 bucks a set, um, but they're for very specific locks, and that's that's for a very specific target. But sure, different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, different conversation. Very interesting. Have you, uh, by any chance, cracked a Worthington 1000? <laughs> Worthington 1000? <laughs> if you guys get that reference, come on our Instagram profile, send you a patch. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Oh, my gosh. 
Press Any this. picture, it doesn't matter. Just comment, explain what it is. I got you. <laughs> I actually thought about uh, I thought about that movie the other day because like these people were just doing dumb shit in traffic, and I was just like, "You're not too bright, are you?" <laughs> no, no. Yeah, exactly. It was just, oh man, um, I love that. Oh, my name's my name's Becky. You see, it's written on my shirt here. <laughs> What is he doing? What is he saying? <laughs> Can I have your virginity too? <laughs> I need your truck in your shirt. If it's on the menu. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> too good, man. Too oh good. my gosh. Great All right, movie. Anyhow, sorry, guys. Great movie. It's been a long week for the team. Yeah, it's recording this on a Wednesday. It feels it's- like a it's been a hell of a Wednesday. It feels like Monday. That's feels Saturday. like three Mondays. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyhow, all right. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's really it's, neat. I think it's a good one to to keep in the toolbox. You know, you're not going to use it every day, but it's it's something to take your mind off of things and and practice a fine motor skill. And yeah, definitely. And it's just another thing that makes you an asset to the team. So exactly. Really cool. Da Vinci, what do you got for us, man? What uh, what skills have you acquired throughout your life that have proved to be extremely useful? Buongiorno. It's a me, a Da Vinci. I speak fourth most Italian. <laughs> That's a good skill as well. <laughs> yeah, Da Vinci's got a lot of accents. Oh, uh, man. If he ever puts on one of those Mission Impossible masks, he doesn't need to get his voice recalibrated. He's already there. That'd be freaky. That would be fun to do sometime, though. It would, yeah. We should probably do that. Yeah, probably. Um. I think as far as skills go, I'm probably, at least for the primary one, I'm going to lean more towards a soft skill like versus lock picking, which is more of a tangible hard skill. I think uh, awareness is probably what I would lean to from a skill standpoint. I think you can use that in everyday life, uh, both in the military, civilian world, in your personal life. Um, I don't think there's an arena that you should not have awareness <laughs> in. And uh, it's, it's, you know, some people might say it's a mindset versus a skill set. And, you know, I could see that argument. Some people have an awareness mindset versus uh, a skill set. But I would argue that awareness does come naturally to some people, but so do other skills, you know, like shooting, basketball, painting. And just because you're born with, you know, an innate skill in something doesn't mean that you can't learn it. And, you know, uh, just because you have that natural ability doesn't mean that or you don't have that natural ability. Like you're not aware, a naturally aware person. You can learn that kind of stuff. And, they, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nature versus nurture discussion in psychology. Yeah, exactly. You can pick that up and make it a part of your life. Yeah. And I think especially today in the the age that we live in of VR and AR and cell phones and iPads and, you know, the Bluetooth headphones and everything. I mean, nobody is aware of what is going on around them. I mean, just from a situational awareness standpoint, just (laughs) just pay attention next time you walk into a restaurant. And uh, I mean, you have to pay attention to where you sit, too, but that's more of like a tactical awareness 
kind of discussion, you know, as far as knowing where the exits are and where you're, you know, having your back to the door and that's that sort of thing. But just next time you walk in, just give me, you know, do a little science experiment for me and walk in the door and just see how many people you notice that notice you walk in the door. I mean, you're, you're, you're lucky if the hostess notices you, if she gets off her TikTok for, you know, long enough to pick her head up and say, um, how many, like nobody in that restaurant is going to notice you. Everybody's either looking at their phone, watching the TVs, probably not talking to the person who's sitting across from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about like the whole gray man philosophy, but at the end of the day, like you don't need to strive for it. Just wear normal clothes. Right. And, and you'll blend in and, yeah, I mean, to your point, too, I know you mentioned, like, back to the door, which is the opposite of what you want to do. You want to do back to the wall. No, oh, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I got you. I know you're, you're saying what not to do. Right, um, yeah. Thanks but, for clarifying that, though. Yeah, no problem, man. But, yeah, I mean, in reality, like, you never know what's going to happen where. And you don't need to be Jason Bourne vigilant. Yeah, exactly. 24-7. You kind of want to, uh, was it, stay on Amber? According to the Left of Bang program for the Marine Corps, I think that was a pretty good one. Yeah. It's pretty neat, which ties into your skill, awareness. Right. Yeah. If you guys haven't looked that up, uh, that's that's a good extracurricular activity for you to, to go look that up. Um, the Left of Bang, the whole concept. It's, um, I mean, there's some, there's some bullshit in there too, but for the most part, uh, for a military program, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's got yeah. some really good information in it. But, and on the other side too, I would encourage you guys to be aware of who is walking into the spaces that you occupy, um, who is driving in the area that you are driving. I think that transfers to vehicles in a big way, um, which I guess would, yeah, definitely. that kind of transfers into my, my hard skill that I would recommend everybody has a little bit of knowledge in, which is uh, your vehicle awareness. And that's not just when you're driving, noticing if someone's driving erratically, um, noting, you know, like either DUI, road rage, um, distracted driving, texting and driving, doing your makeup and driving, or any of the multitude of things that people do while they drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, you know, if, you know, maybe you unintentionally cut somebody off or something and they decide to follow you. We had a coworker the other day. He, uh, he, that happened to him. He was coming into work and yeah. um, cut somebody off in a parking lot, like in a shell station. And the guy followed him all the way until he got to the gate on base. Yeah. But he noticed it. He knew that he was following him. Like he saw the mm-hmm. guy rip out of the parking lot behind him because he was aware of his surroundings. Yeah. And it's just important that you keep, you know, you don't have, like you said, you don't have to be Jason Bourne. And you don't, I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. And I know that I can <laughs> run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Like you don't need to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff, that's, that's hyper awareness, excessively hyper aware. I'm just talking yeah. about a normal level of awareness. That'll and, get your ass in a VA hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also being aware of your vehicle. Is it clicking? You know, is the oil changed? Because you never know when something's going to happen. You know, like for for us down here in Florida, you never know when you're going to get that call that says hurricane's coming. So we always keep our gas tanks more than half full. 
you know, make sure the oil's mm-hmm. changed, the tires are pumped up, you know, you've got bottled water, but you can also look at it from a tactical perspective too, you know, concealment versus, uh, cover, right? Like not all yeah, of your yeah. vehicle yeah. is cover. A significant portion no. of most vehicles is just concealment. If that 80% is concealment and it conceals everything, but your, but your feet and your ankles, which are, uh, definitely a vulnerability, uh, if it comes to that kind of situation. So head, shoulders, knees and toes, you go watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, you're looking for your wheelbases, your engine block, um, depending on, you know, maybe you've got a custom job, you've got a steel bumper or something, you know, just being aware of those types of things, know how to change a tire know how to change your oil. Um, It's just awareness in general, both of yourself and then also the, uh, the vehicle thing. But I think knowing your vehicle and how to do its basic functions in case of an emergency is crucial, especially in certain environments. Like if you live up North, um, getting snuck in a snowstorm, or mm-hmm. tornadoes, yeah. hurricanes, heat, like all those kind of things. Just having a general knowledge of your vehicle, I think, is crucial. So those would be my recommended skills that I've I've developed and learned from over the years. Nice. That's a good point. And that's coming from somebody who's probably the one of the least vehicle minded folks on the team <laughs> in relation to, you know, race cars and off-road vehicles, all that stuff. So that's really cool. I think that's really neat, man. Uh, really great points, you know, and I think you hit on something super important, you know, having a good grasp on cover versus concealment is a really good thing to know. It's a great passive skill. You need to be able to make that assessment very quickly uh, at the first sound or sign of trouble. Um, and of course, you know, <clears throat> a little disclaimer there that factors in the type of round you might be up against because that's actually what dictates the difference between the two. It's not you wanting something to be hard enough to take around, it's the penetration factor of that round. So keep that one in mind. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and I think being really aware of your vehicle is super important, dude. That was a great point because, you know, in your daily lives, at least I'm, I'm speaking to our 98% American audience here, uh, short of home invasions or like parties getting out of control, you know, you're exposed to the most risk during your daily life while driving to and from work or while running errands because of one key point. You're inherently exposed to different unfamiliar people uh, with unfamiliar intent. And that therefore raises the probability of having a problem or coming across one astronomically. I mean, if you live in a, a really bad neighborhood, then, you know, work to get your ass out of there. And, uh, you know, have a safe place to live ultimately like strive for that because yeah, it's, it should be nothing that you're worried about in this country is your own, own personal safety on a daily basis. But just be aware as you're driving around, you're exposing yourself to a higher potential of crazies. So keep that. Oh, one they're in always mind. out there. They're always out there. Whether it's a big city or in the back country, it's people are always being crazy. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I like the the exercise that is awareness, right? You know, I think it keeps other parts of yourself sharp if you're just 
constantly checking everything around you. You're also checking yourself and, and noticing things in yourself. But Midas, my man, what is it that you kind of value most when looking at the team, future recruitment, you know, something that you carry yourself? Yeah, that, that's a tough one, man. I spent a lot of time thinking about that uh, prior to this episode because honing in on one skill is tough. But, you know, you, you, you brought up a great point, too, is whenever you're in leadership, you need to be looking to surround yourself with people who have skills um, that you're looking for, right? And I think, you know, honing in on one of those most important and versatile skills that I've employed successfully so far in multiple occasions, multiple continents, um, is emotional intelligence. And it's super vague and it's really broad. It's, it's more of a concept at the end of the day, right? Um, Sorry, I already broke the ice for you on super vague and super broad concepts. So <laughs> bring, I appreciate that. Bring that skill yeah. on. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, you know, and it's hard to put your finger on it, right? But uh, at the same time, it's hard to describe what it is, but you damn well know when someone doesn't have it. We've all seen that person with no emotional intelligence, uh, loud, obnoxious, rude. Those people tend to lack this soft skill, and that generally functions as a detriment in their lives in some way, whether it's personal or professional. They are that fucking guy or girl, right? No one wants to be around them unprofessional and ineffective. So thinking about it through that lens, um, you know, in, in my definition, and I'll, I'll try my best to define this emotional intelligence is it's someone's ability to read people to identify intent and ability as well. You got to identify intent and ability and then engage them based on these facts. So, and I, I didn't realize this, but, you know, I was looking back and I was taking some self, self-awareness self inventory, right, which is really important. And uh, kind of realized that I've served like over a third of my lifetime in like pretty stressful leadership positions. I was like, damn, no wonder I look so old. Crap. It's fucking terrible. I-, I still think you look young and sleek. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Got to got to maintain some sort of aerodynamic stature. That's right. Uh, <laughs> for this this concept of uh, of tapping into people's emotions, their background, and their actions has been hugely beneficial. Uh, in a number of different circumstances, really, I think it's just been uh, it's been a super super helpful skill in all theaters of engagement. Well, I think um, just from a, you know, personal excerpt of your emotional intelligence, we met in, you know, the fall of 2019, I think, in Afghanistan. And 18. Oh, fall of 18. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Holy I know cow. those years just blend together. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue. Almost at four years. That's nuts. Almost three years, I guess. But 
yeah, so we we met, we talked, we worked together, but you didn't approach me about the team for what two, three months, probably. We didn't start talking about it until then. And because yeah. you had the patience, you had the emotional intelligence to feel me out, look at my work, look at what I did, how I carry myself, and all those different aspects and see what, you know, compare that to what you want for this team. You didn't just like have a couple conversations with me and be like, yeah, I think he's the guy. Like a lot of people do, you know, they just sort of. Yeah. instinctually yeah. shoot from the hip and there's nothing wrong with inst- instinct, but you listen to your instinct and then you listen to your emotional intelligence piece as well. That part of your brain. And you were like, all right, let me feel this guy out for a couple of months and see, see what he's really about. So I think that's, that's huge, especially in a leader, because especially if you've been in the military, we've all experienced those guys that, and gals that do not know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> or who they're leading. And that's frustrating for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, uh, I think that's, it's part of the big things about recruitment because, you know, you hit on something interesting there, which is instinct. And with instinct comes that policy of trust, but verify, in my opinion, you know, you can get a good gut feeling about somebody, but it could be based on them selling you a lot of bullshit. It's hard to tell. So yeah, taking that time to really look at people and figure out who they are, not what they are, who they are is is super important. And that's been one of the driving factors behind the formation of this team is somebody could show up tomorrow and be a long tabber, uh, CAG veteran of 23 years and say he wants to be on the team. But if I don't know how they operate and what their personality is and what makes them tick, not interested at this time. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people, if they took more time to do that in their daily lives, they'd end up in a lot less toxic relationships. Uh, they don't surround themselves with people they're supposed to, rather than people are just going to leech off of them and drag them down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the trust but verify, you brought up a good point with the trust but verify thing. I think that term gets overused a lot in the military and there's like a very negative mm-hmm. connotation that comes along with that. Like, oh, you trust me, but you you need to verify. And it's because leaders with no emotional intelligence have utilized that to just bone people. That's what trust but verify is meant. But what it's supposed to mean is what you're talking about is I trust you, but I want to verify who you are, what you're about, and what your capabilities are. Like you say all these things on your resume, your, you know, mm-hmm. your resume yeah. as in your person and how you conduct yourself, your personal resume when you're walking around. And you can Ooh, learn like a, that. You can learn a lot from people from, you know, they don't need to give you a sheet of paper for a resume. You just mm-hmm. spend some time with them for a while. Like we spent yeah. way too many hours, days, months together. Well, not too many. I would, I would take not it. enough. I would take not it enough. back. I would take it back. All right. We'll, we'll give you a take back on that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's how you trust, but verify. 
And I think that's a really good point that a lot of people miss in the military. So if we got any military leaders, um, potential leaders, future leaders, learning leaders, which I think we should all be. Yeah, that is the way to treat trust, but verify right there is not the bullshit way that a lot of people treat it in the military as a uh, accountability thing that's meant to or not meant to, but ends up degrading morale. It should be a improvement. Yeah. The way that you're looking at it, you know, distrust manifesting itself as verification. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you brought up a great point too, dude. Cause, um, I think a key, key part of being a leader is knowing your people. And I think that a key part of, I'll make an even stronger leap here. Cause I'm not a parent right now. I will be honest with you. But I spent a lot of time looking at what parenthood means as a result of my childhood. And I think that the thing that people fuck up all the time is they don't remember that being a parent is also being a leader. You're, you're a leader. You're more of a leader, less of a parent. It's just the nature of the beast there, if you're doing it right. And, uh, you know, same thing applies there you need to know your kids and uh, a good leader needs to know their people and i don't i don't mean that typical garrison commander nonsense of trying to learn all your squad leaders wives names i've seen officers write that shit down on index cards so they can act like they're being more personable guess what buddy i don't need to know your fucking wife's name to know you that's not knowing someone that's knowing stuff about them and there's so many leaders that just do a horrible job at that it's fake. It's shallow. It's even if they mean it in a genuine manner, it's still fake. Just because it's not, it's not the true manner of meaning and knowing someone. It's just not. So that's my, uh, that's my two cents on that topic. It always frustrated the shit out of me. So, yeah. And that's not to say that learning someone's <laughs> spouse's names is not, <laughs> not a good thing, but I, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Cause you can tell when someone's writing it on index cards, cause they're supposed to be personable air quotes. Uh-huh. And Leap when someone board. is just like bad with, bad with names and they're like, oh, shit, what was Jimmy's wife's name? Uh, and they just have to write it down. So if you guys need to write it down, write it down, but don't yep. be fake about it. Yeah. And guess what? You could forget Jimmy's wife's name all day long and you could still know exactly Jimmy's talent, skills, and how to employ him. You know, <laughs> right. it's just the nature of the piece. That's there. right. That's right. So, Sorry. yeah, it's, uh, I, it's complicated. Let us, let us a little off track there. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. Good conversation. It was a good rabbit hole. Yeah. Big old rabbit. All right. So, you know, you need to know what motivates your guys and girls, what, what confines them. And just how high they can go. And the, the key key bit of information I can give you with regards to uh, potential is you've got to be objective. You can't see somebody and think, oh, they could be blah, 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 the best thing ever. It's like, sure, anybody could technically. But what about their skills? What about their attitude and character produces this? visual trajectory of greatness what about that and yeah if you don't if you don't know how to back that up 
back up that assertion or back up that statement of, oh, they're going to be president one day. Why? Because little Jimmy likes to high five everyone in class. Doesn't mean shit, right? So think about it that way. Uh, you got to be able to back up your assertions and that will inherently allow you to see people's true potential instead of overextending yourself. And I've done that as a leader on this team. You know, I've seen people and I'm like, oh yeah, they could be really good for us. They could be a great asset. I could see them growing into just being a, you know, a great human being. And then they just fall on their face and I got to cut them loose. And that sucks. You know, it's a rough situation to be in, but it just comes with experience. So anyhow, and, and here's a, here's a key point guys. In my book, some generals, and this is an analogy, right? And sometimes literal. <laughs> some generals are actually privates and some privates are actually generals. And I told that to one of my guys one day and it like clicked for him. He's a young E5. He was struggling with some nonsense put upon him by a, a prior chain of command. But he had what it took. He had that potential. He had a tangible trajectory to him. And he just, he needed to hear that, you know, as opposed to just being told, oh, you're just a dummy five. Go be a team leader. Like, no, man, I want you to be a general. Whether you wear that rank or not. And and he did a great job at that. Um, you know, that also pertains more to leadership, right? You could have some generals that are about as fucking useful as, a private picking grass in a motor pool for eight hours. Like figuratively and in reality, it's just like, holy crap, dude, you are useless. So, so keep that in mind and, and you can make those assessments through the use of your emotional intelligence. You can't really know who is, I guess, who's who without emotional intelligence, which goes back to the whole potential discussion. You can't effectively read people. You can't effectively plot their capabilities without it. Because without it, you're missing a lot of those things. You're missing those cues. You're missing those aspects, those patterns of life that lend themselves to produce, hey, this is actually a really good person or this dude is a threat or he's a psychopath. I got to keep an eye on him things of that nature. Uh, you know, and a, a key facet of developing the skill ties into what Da Vinci mentioned earlier, which is just self-awareness. So you need to be super aware of yourself in order to be aware of others. And uh, there's a lot of superiors in the army that I saw, and I'm sure all branches, uh, that only viewed the world through their lens. And that lens consisted of them being a model of who all should aspire to be. <laughs> and, and guess what? If you're a battalion commander and you think you're at the peak of your professional development and you're not, by the way, then you tend to not see <laughs> that some of your subordinates have what it takes to go farther than you. You view them through your lens and you say, oh, and I'm saying this because I heard it so many times and it made me angry. It wasn't even a compliment. It made me upset. So he said, oh, you could be a great battalion commander someday. Fuck you, sir. I don't want to be a battalion commander. <laughs> right? Why are you putting me in your box? Why are you doing that? It's ridiculous. 
but they didn't see it that way because they lived in the box. That's all they saw was the box. So yeah, the little, self, little tip there. Yeah. That self-awareness thing is huge because you know where you're at unless you don't. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird, right? It's yeah. It's a, that's stuff. a, that's a super weird because you have to be aware of your intentions and how they're perceived. Like, because someone who's living in that box, AKA battalion commander Smith, right? I apologize if there's a battalion commander Smith listening to this, but it's probably know, 12. Yeah. <laughs> battalion commander Smith sees you could be a great battalion commander someday. And he thinks that's a compliment. But when you step back and you look at that self-awareness and that emotional intelligence, like you're talking about, how is that perceived? by those people that are around you instead of you could be a great battalion commander someday you are a great supply sergeant you are a great logistics officer you are a great infantry platoon leader xyz now yeah and i am so excited to see what you're going to do in the future there's a big difference between those two compliments and I yeah, think, I think I want to hear what Bro Neil has to say about that. Because yeah, definitely. No, I mean along the same lines, you know, it it is just that's two different perspectives. But I think what can help me at least gain perspective is having a team like this, having a you know a circle, whether it's a, a group of friends or a roommate or family, whatever it is that's going to keep you in check. Because you know, like you just said, Da Vinci, I mean, it's something that you think you have until you don't actually have it you know so you gotta you gotta constantly kind of stay on on top of that and i know i need to i need to work extra hard on that myself personally but that's why i'm so blessed to be part of a crew like this and have friends like i you know the friends that i do keep but what about yourself midas what is it that you do to you know develop this hone that and stay sharp with it um that's a tough one dude um <laughs> uh, you know, in an effort to be more self-aware, you know, I, I try to routinely take inventory of, of how I'm feeling uh, at a given time or over a long period of time and just try to identify why I feel that way. Uh, and that's tough. That is tough because you'd be like, oh, I'm angry. And you're like, okay, why am I angry, brain? You'd be like, because that idiot at work today was a dumbass. And you're like, okay, but why was he a dumbass? Because he didn't do this. You're like, okay, why did you think he shouldn't do that? You're like, oh, okay, because he's being inefficient and he's being detrimental to success. Like, okay, because that made me mad. That must mean that one of my drivers throughout the day is trying to ensure that people are efficient and are driving towards success. Bam. And you can kind of grow that over time. And that was pretty shallow, right? It can get a lot deeper than that. You can get real deep, but that's just a little example. Um, right. That's when you get into the second, third order effects of, because then you start thinking about why was Bob not efficient at work today? Yeah, Bob. Why? <laughs> why do you take this job, Bob? Like, Yeah, like, is Bob's wife leaving him? Yeah, and, that brings in your emotional you intelligence know, that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing yeah, I mean, your people. Yeah, it wraps that whole thing around. Yeah, like today, you know, a little segue, 
Richie's great at sending me down rabbit holes. You're welcome. It's just one of his <laughs> skills as a, as a teammate. You're welcome. Uh, it's a divinch, yeah. Here's yeah. a rabbit hole for you. Yeah. So uh, I've got an engineer on a project right now who's kind of sucking. He's light. Uh, he's been historically late. He has a reputation for being slow and not contributing much to the team. But I've consciously tried to not let his reputation dictate my view of this guy. But he's kind of digging himself a hole. Uh, so I talked to his leadership today. So it turns out he has a lot of shit going on at home. Um, but in the past, he was a bit of a shitbag. Just legitimately, is. he's on a performance plan. He improved a lot. Now, either as a result of him being a perpetual shitbag or just having stuff going wrong at home, he's now being a shitbag again. Because he's got some stuff going on at home, me even being a bit of a hard ass, I was like, okay, let's let's give this guy a shot. Let's sit him down, talk to him, figure out what's going on. So you got to dig a little bit. You can't be like, oh, I've had eight people tell me this guy sucks, and he looks like he sucks, therefore he sucks. Maybe he does. Honestly, he probably does. I'll be honest with you. A lot of the people who gave me that information are are vetted. They're good good people. They work hard. I believe them. But we're still going to give this guy an opportunity. Right. So that's a little bit of a, a workplace example. Um, but so looking at self-awareness. Okay. Back on track. Uh, applying that same technique here. And I, I sat down this morning and I went over this because I knew the customer was going to come up <laughs> and I'm trying to identify why, you know, why this is a, an important skill of mine. And I'd have to say that I was given the baseline of the skill when I was a kid, this is going to get a little deep here, folks, a little, a little deep or get on your scuba suit. We're dabbing deep. Um, yeah. I mean, the house I grew up in was extremely turbulent, uh, from when I was about 12 years old and on, uh, my, my dad was a really physical proud person and he had triumphed over a lot in his life. Uh, a lot of difficulties, just a really powerful dude. You know, I, I always say like if he would have gone into the agency uh, or, or done something along that route, he would have he would have done a lot of damage um, in a good way, you know. But he he didn't, you know. He never aligned himself with that level of purpose that that drives a lot of us, which is it's kind of a bummer, you know. I think that would have saved him a little bit, but um, yeah. And he got he got injured at work, you know. And those of you who've been injured for a while, when you're in really good physical condition. You're driving hard, pushing hard. You got that motor pumping and then you get hurt and you're like, fuck, what do I do now? And that's what happened to him. You know, he ended up home, um, unable to work multiple surgeries and it kind of put him into a really deep, dark depression and mixed in with some bipolar manic tendencies that kind of came out, um, as time went on and, so yeah, very uh, very tricky to navigate, especially from a, a father. And don't forget what I said earlier about parents being leaders and how important that is in your role as a parent. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, Boomer knew me back then. Uh, I think he's the only one on the team now who, who I go that far back with. But you know, I, was, I was a super good kid. I really was. Uh, had really good grades, stayed out of trouble, occasional fight at school, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but played a lot of sports, hunted, fished, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, 
you know, despite that ended up getting treated like absolute dirt every day. And, uh, you know, when everything you do is wrong in, in someone's eyes and then it just kind of, it wears on you after a while. And then you end up in this position where, you know, I was, I was basically getting perfection pushed upon me. Uh, that was more in alignment with like a 25 year old's competencies. And I was like 12. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it was difficult. It was really hard to fill those shoes, I guess. Um, so anyhow, it was a minefield every single day for years. Every single day I brought out a new set of challenges, a new explosion of emotion, and it was just super hard to navigate. So picture it as, you know, somebody say like a kid in Cambodia, who's got to walk to school and he knows that there's a minefield in between him and school. He's going to deliberately take his time, but he's got to go to school. So he's still going to move forward. And then it's that kind of analogy where you knew some shit was going to go wrong, but you still kind of kept going. And, you know, it, as a result of that, I really had to be able to uh, read him and his moods a lot uh, and quickly in order to successfully navigate that minefield. And I think as a kid, if you have to read an adult, especially like your father, and you've got to analyze what makes them tick, what makes them angry, what makes them happy, and then identify those slight reflexive changes in your environment that are going to feed those things. I think that's what kind of built that, that foundation is, does that make sense to the, the boys? I mean, I know it's deep. We just went really deep. Um, but that's part of that self-awareness, you know, you know, first things first, thanks for sharing, man. You know, that's a lot to put out there and you know, it's a, it's always good to talk about and that's what keeps us grounded. But yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, you know, I can speak to something similar and, yeah, you sure uh, can. You know, it, it definitely expedites the process. Like you said, it, it gets you moving real quick. And I think what can happen all too often um, with kids in similar situations is they do start moving a little bit too too quickly and they don't really take time to develop certain skills, whether it be interpersonal skills or whether it be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, skills in the classroom. You know, it, there's, there's usually something that's lacking. Um, but you know, sometimes it works out, and sometimes you uh, you know you get better for it, better because of it. Yeah, no, it's very true, definitely. Uh, yeah, and like I think you hit it on the head there. You know, it, it kind of gave like a case study. <laughs> as yeah, fucked up, exactly. fucked up as that is, uh, you know, for me due to the mood swings and just that various mix of emotions of like. I don't know, just how to read, how to read people, figure out when they're going to blow their top or understand what those, those, uh, very subtle and usually not physically like visible cues are. Yeah. Changes in tone, changes in skin tension, mm-hmm. which you don't think you can see until you've seen it. And you're like, uh, posture, it's about to pop off, you know, yeah. right now, this is going to be it. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that really lends itself to, um, We've talked about it before, uh, military advising, mm-hmm. right? Staying ahead of those green on blues. Uh, police have to do this so much, so much. Every interaction they have with somebody, they got to watch this. 
um, body language, nonverbal cues, sometimes verbal cues. I mean, the whole shebang, like you just really got to be on top of your shit all the time. Uh, and it, it's draining and it ages you. And I think that that's why personally, I believe that's one of the, the main reasons why you've got a lot of these professions that are high stress that have like relatively lower life expectancies and a lot of other uh, professions. Cause you're always watching, like you're always <laughs> ready. You're making yourself ready and it, it ages you rapidly. Um, anyhow. So yeah, it just depends on your situation you're in. But for me, you know, it, it tended to, uh, it matured me pretty quickly. Um, and that in turn happened to, um, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for this at the time it sucked, but it propelled me into a lot of leadership roles as a really young, young person. Um, that just kind of compounded that education and expedited that process. If that makes sense. And you just kind of, it's like a snowball effect. And then you just, I don't know. I, in my opinion, I don't think that you can ever build emotional intelligence without being in leadership because you can critique leaders all day as a subordinate, but until you're in those shoes, you're not really honing those skills. Just my opinion. Yeah. I think, I mean, again, I would echo what bro Neil said, just, you know, thanks for sharing that. Cause that's a, that's a tough thing to share out for everybody. But at the same time, it's just your life and that's how you view it. And which is also a piece of self-awareness like you talked about. And like we both talked about, and just knowing yourself and, you know, maybe seeing someone in your life that hasn't been self-aware that's have a bid that, that, that has had a big impact on you and that maybe wasn't as self-aware, you know, didn't know exactly what their words meant or what their actions, how they impacted other people, I think is really important as we go forward. I mean, we're getting way into the, you know, the psych aspect, you know, I probably need to get the wifey in here and yeah, I was going to say, have her break down some professional opinion. Yeah. Have her break down <laughs> yeah. some, some, uh, psychiatric knowledge on us, but which may be an idea for a future podcast. Who knows that that could be a fun one. Bring, get bring, the, bring, get the, yeah. get the ladies on here. But yeah, uh, actually <laughs> they could both bring talk up. about that. <laughs> yeah. But no. I think it's, it's really cool how like you took that and a lot of people take that victim mentality and they're like, Oh, this happened to me. I was beat down by this. And what you did was you took that and you learned from it and you bettered yourself and you bettered your situation and you learned from it, which is a mindset, you know, and that, and you've, and you've gained a skill from it. You've gained self-awareness. You've gained emotional intelligence from that. And obviously a lot of other things. It's not just that. Yeah. Some are negative. I will be the first to admit, <laughs> but that's, sure. you know, part of that self inventory. It's right. Like, yeah. yeah. You take that self inventory. Yeah. 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 Sure. But no, man, I, I appreciate the, the openness and I, I, I'm sure that, our listeners will too. Got to love these, yeah. these team talks and this is a good one. Yeah, dude. I mean, y'all know me. I'm down to talk about anything, you know, <laughs> might as well. Um, 
and I guess it's easier because I'm not staring into an audience of the, you know, 75, 80 people who are probably listening to this. I'm chilling with the boys, but yeah, at the same time, you just got to be real, got to be real with yourself and your experiences are and, and what you've, what you've gained from them or lost from them. Right. It's not all positive out there. It's just not, um, but it's, it's a key aspect of emotional intelligence. Um, I did a little research on this, trying to see what the formalized opinion is on it, uh, or more institutionalized. And one of the aspects that they look for is positive uh, outlook, which is really interesting because they, they say that you gain emotional intelligence a lot of times through bad interactions, <laughs> which is, yeah, it's definitely, you know, happened to be the case with me, but big thing is, it's not, uh, not letting it taint your view of people too much, right? Not everybody is, uh, a schizotypal manipulative fuckhead, right? Some people are just a little confused <laughs> or having a bad day. Right. You know, I mean, that's where, unfortunately, that's where we learn the most from, you know, I mean, I, I think we've probably heard leaders say it. Hopefully if you have good leaders, nobody is going to tell you, you learn from success. And if they do, they're fucking wrong, man. You learn from failure. You learn from trying. You learn from, I mean, you mm -hmm. can learn a little bit from success, but yeah, at the same yeah, time, you can. if you're self-aware, if you're self-aware, oh, good one, <laughs> That's but, it. but you learn from those failed experiences or those bad experiences, or that's what I should not be. And I think when you're self-aware, you can also benefit just as much from, you know, leaders that you and I both experienced on the other side too, you know, I want to yeah. emulate that or I sure. want to never do that ever to my troops or my teammates or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And same, same for bro Neil. Like I'm sure that, like, that you've been in situations where you've had leaders or mentors or whoever, and you definitely don't want to emulate X, Y, or Z, but a, B and C. Yeah. Definitely yeah, want to yeah. emulate that. Yeah, take the good with the bad and, uh, you know, learn to pass that good forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, vacation gremlins, all kinds of things like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Vacation <Yeah>. gremlins. <laughs> it happens. Uh, I have yeah. soft gremlins. Bronio has vacation gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so... Perfect, perfect place to uh, segue off into another topic here. Um, more like a public safety announcement. So Da Vinci yeah. mentioned there's a lot of people, a lot of leaders out there who don't, it's like they keep doing the same dumb shit over and over and they don't learn from it. They don't understand. They don't take the time to be aware of facts surrounding the situation and why their opinion is wrong. And a great organization that does that all the time is the AFT. You know, you not get, only you get that you like that little only. you like that little I like that segue. But a um, little as that, that was little, that like a Segway scooter. That was like the Segway ATV. You know what I'm saying? Downstairs mix up like that. <laughs> the AFT. That's that. That was my AFT right. winding up. I gotta I gotta hit the the toilette, but please continue. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, so I'm just going to ramble here. And by ramble, I mean, I'm going to be keep, I'm going to keep this really short. Um, 
this is something that if you haven't done, you need to do. And this isn't just for people on the team. This is every single person listening. Uh, your friends, if they own a 22 or if they own a Barrett 50 cal, anything in between, it does not matter. All right. Y'all heard about it a while ago. There was a lot of, a, a lot of ruckus. There's a lot of dirt kicked up about the definition of frames of receivers and identification of firearms, this new docket that was added to regulations.gov by the, I'll call it Tobacco Firearms and Explosives Bureau. Um, that, that Hashtag makes really... not get zucked. <laughs> Acronym. Yeah, so I will, uh, we I just will mix and match. The... We just mix and match the letters. It's fine. You guys know what we're talking about. Well, it's, I mean, that's what it's posted on is, uh, is, bureau at the back which i don't understand but hey whatever um look this came out may 21st there was a lot of uproar as i said but things have died down now people aren't really talking about it as much if you know someone who has not commented on this it does not have to be long it does not have to be you know your heartfelt opinion just talk about some key points you can use my key points which are basically that there there's factually inaccurate statements that are made in this document we shouldn't be changing laws based on inaccuracies. The, the document itself is vague. And it's not well written. And that this would turn many people into felons overnight. And the implementation of the rules that are, that are proposed here are not physically possible. Right? So if you just talk about things that, you know, that are real, you know, don't go on a, on a ramble about how, at Waco, you think that David Koresh should have ordered more pizza and been able to, or whatever you want. It's not. This is not the platform for that. I mean, if you want to, whatever, dude. That's that's your deal. Uh, but just get out there and post a comment. There's seventy four thousand right now, and for people that say, "Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like they can come and take it if they want to." It's like, <laughs> look, dude, I've been there before. But there's a lot of us that have. Um, Houses that we're trying to close on, mortgages that we're trying to pay. Let's start here. If it gets worse than this, then I'm down. But let's start here, right? Da Vinci, you got something to say about that? Yeah, man. I I, I would agree with everything that you're saying. Um, we live in a republic, right? You know, a lot of people think we live in a democracy. We live in a, a republic that is democratic. And we have the ability to use our voice, right? And, you know, you can listen to everybody saying, oh, you know, Trump lost the election because of fraud and Biden won because of this and that. Like, come on, guys. This is where we live. The democratic let's, process happened. Yep. Let's try and work with Ex it. Accept that and utilize the tools that are at your fingertips. Exactly. And if you need some information about those laws that, you know, we're talking about go back. I think episode 2.3, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, we got pretty in depth on different laws around the country. And if you need, if you need help, if you need, if you have questions, reach out to us on Instagram or the telegram, hit us up. Absolutely. Like, I mean, because we love talking about this kind of stuff. we got guys that are knowledgeable at it, that they, they listen they read. And if you need advice, if you trust us, which I hope you do, because we're real every time we come on here, 
nobody's bullshitting you on this podcast. Um, like hit us up, ask questions. Yeah. Like exactly. But that's what Brony was talking about is utilize the things that are at your fingertips. Don't just sit back and say, come and take them. Like, come on, pog. Like <laughs> cheapers. Like that is just everybody. Jeepers, Bob. Everybody knows somebody. Jeepers, creepers, Bob. Everybody knows somebody like that that just Yeah. Which like it's cool. It has no emotional intelligence or self awareness. <laughs> <laughs> about yeah, I'm, how I'm, that sounds, you know? I'm fine with the whole like, you know, no step on snick, you know. Yeah. I'm, that yes, yeah. I agree, but we don't have to get there. Right. I'm not an accelerationist, you know, I'm not I'm not looking for the end of the world here. Yeah, utilize your saying, rights. There's seventy four thousand comments on this one proposed change. Right. Let's bump yeah. that number up. Exactly. Because yeah, guess what? They tried numbers. doing it with bumps. They tried doing this with um, with braces back in December. We had so many comments that they stopped counting them. And they just said, all right, you know what? It's off the table. And they're back with round two. They're back I, with round two of that right now. I have a theory uh, about that. Oh, I do too. But um, <laughs> I think they've but, reallocated all those resources from reading them to putting all of us on watch lists. Oh, absolutely. I said Which some pretty with. inflammatory shit. <laughs> Just I, be I didn't, mine, mine was uh, mine was pretty uh, pretty well written, but um, and and I I have comments out for the two that are on the table right now. Mm-hmm. But look, if if y'all weren't into guns back in the Obama era era, or if you uh, if you weren't paying attention to what was going on, there are two items that were up on the chopping block. One of them is M eight five five. And the other one was seven and six. Uh, people seem to care about M855. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's ball ammo. That is like run in the mill 556. Um, yeah. A little bit heavier than what you're probably shooting at the range. But the ATF tried to classify that as armor piercing ammunition, um, which is what they successfully did with seven and six, which is a Russian 545 round, uh, 545 by 39, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, that's that's a perfect example, right? We had enough people that cared about M855 ball. They wrote comments. It got knocked down. Not enough people cared about 545 ammo at the time. And now you still can't import 7N6 because of it. So mm-hmm. this process works. It's worked recently, as in with, within the past seven months, this has worked. Don't knock it till you try it. You can submit anonymously. Like you don't have to put your name out there. I put my name out there. Y'all, you know. I did too. Yeah, it's probably a poor choice, but. Uh, well, like I said, I'm not. I'm not an accelerationist, but I'm also not not looking forward to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's it. <laughs> this is the conclusion of the Path Five Podcast. <laughs> Forever. Uh, you, know, you know, you just brought up a great point that I want to clarify from earlier um, about emotional intelligence and in relation to this topic. You can exercise emotional intelligence on the internet as well. And just exercising emotional intelligence doesn't mean that you are pushing over or being a pacifist. I want to clarify that. I think a lot of people view that as. Oh, so-and-so is having a bad day because they have something going on at home. If they're going to pop off at me and call me a motherfucker, that's okay. Not necessarily, right? It's okay to rock the boat 
it's all right to start some fires. It's all right to just metaphorically just go in on someone if you're doing it in the right way. And the way you know the right way is through emotional intelligence. And in this case, looking at pistol braces, I said some pretty inflammatory shit online, right? I'm probably, I'm sure that upset somebody. Basically, one of the statements I made was, don't go making the good people, the ATF, the, the enemy of the American people. Right? Pretty inflammatory. But guess what? I fucking meant it. And I knew what I was saying. And I will stand by that. Because at the end of the day, we sign an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States. That's it, guys. It's factual. It's not emotional. It's factual. So, keep that in mind, guys. Don't think that just say, oh, I'm trying to exercise my emotional intelligence by letting someone walk all over you. That's not how that works. Right. Guess, does that, uh, does that make know, sense? I guess we all draw boundaries, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We all have points where we will no longer take it and, you know, things pop off. But emotional intelligence is for everything right before then, right? That's then right. you're allowed to be a little nuts once things really pop off. <laughs> yeah, if you're a reasonable person. But if you're hot-headed <laughs> all the time and you're always popping off, guess what? No one fucking cares because you're always popping off. But yeah, if you're a reasonable you're person. Off. It's not that impressive. Yeah, if you're a reasonable person and you seek to avoid conflict <laughs> to a reasonable <laughs> extent. <laughs> and the then you fucking pop class. off. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So... so so yeah, yeah that, that's my uh, my PSA is uh, just just get out there, write a comment. I don't I don't care if you're like you nice. know purple's my favorite color. The ATF shouldn't do this because it's unlawful. And then you sign your name and then you mushroom stamp it and send it to the ATF via fax. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Just get your comments out there. I'm laughing because you said mushroom stamp and Da Vinci appears to be choking. <laughs> oh yeah, that video stream is showing some serious coughing. Yep, yep, that seems a little violent. Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you try to wash a little bit of rum down with some ice water and get it down the wrong tube. <laughs> yeah, I prefer to chase my rum down with gummy bears myself. Oh. You should just chase down your rum, rum with rum. That's the lesson learned. Where it's true. has the rum gone? All right, may you struggle in peace. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, no, great, great point. And uh, I know we were talking about skills in this one, but we do want to uh, loop in ATF uh, updates and just all kinds of other updates that relate to our constitutional freedoms. Um, and the biggest thing that the, the reason that I wanted to bring it up is because I know momentum is on the downtrend for it. It is long enough ago. It's over a month ago where mm -hmm. people aren't talking about it as much. Sure. Now we can just kind of restart that conversation. If you haven't done it, here's your reminder. Just go do it. It doesn't take long. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild, the benefit of it. I think we've been, uh, I don't know, conditioned to believe that our voice doesn't matter, especially if you voted in the last year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, though, it does matter. And Bronio brought out there's a proven track record for it. Some of these folks are reasonable human beings and they listen. So give them something to listen to and, uh, yeah, be reasonable. They'll probably be reasonable back. Uh, unless your name's David Chipman. Uh, but anyhow, 
yeah, I guess that's all we had today, folks. So uh, just be good to your fellow person, you know, try to uh, build your skills up because one of the things we advocate for is everybody should be an asset, not a liability. And you can't be an asset if you got no skills. You can't be an asset if you only got a couple skills. You actually need to have quite a few skills to be successful in this this world. I know it doesn't seem that way while we're inundated with uh, Instagram influencers and other uh, DNBs, your do nothing uh, variety of people. But uh, in reality, the rest of us, we need skills. So get out there, get some, um, read books. There's a lot of really cool stuff out there. Uh, if you're looking at exploring a little bit more about emotional intelligence and reading people, uh, there's a really good book I picked up. It's actually in the uh, little terminal at Fort Bliss. I was heading uh, overseas one time and it was Dangerous Personalities written by a former FBI profiler. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Just kind of teaches you how to uh, recognize some of those folks that are a little more uh, toxic. It can get you down. And by doing so, that can uh, really help you help you out until you have a, a good buddy who dates a female who's a complete piece of crap and is obviously toxic. And you tell him repeatedly, hey, dude, I don't think she's any good for you. And he continues to date her. Multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of one of those uh, situations. Anyhow, Da Vinci, what's up? I just thought that was a really good point. I'm a... Obviously, a huge nerd. My call sign is Da Vinci. He is a large human being. I'm a nerd, and I'm also huge, but I'm also a huge nerd. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the the book reading thing I thought was a really good point. Do we have a second to, like, recommend? Does everybody have, like, a one book? Dude, I got one. I got one. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Read it. It's, it's about philosophy. My it's point beautiful, was vehicle awareness. Okay, that was not your point. That was my, <laughs> my point. point now. Zen, 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 and the art <laughs> of motorcycle maintenance. Beautiful book on philosophy and and the human mind and what it, what it's like to go crazy. So, uh, wow, oh. I highly recommend it. Beautiful book. That I is really cool. Actually, nice. Yeah. You got an author for that? Tack it on. I want to hear it all in one. And so do all uh, of our listeners. I think it. I think it's if you, P. All right, take a second. Uh, you're gonna have to circle back. Mute to yourself. Me. I will give mine, and then you guys right, both give hit yours. Hit him with that White House press secretary and circle back. <laughs> I'm gonna have to circle back with you on that. Uh, we don't have an answer right this moment. I will research and get back to you. Uh, for me, the the number one book that I'm reading right now. I'm reading a lot of fiction. I I like a lot of science fiction and um, military history. But the one that I'm reading right now is uh, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, which is by Harold. Hal Moore. Hal Hal Moore, otherwise known as uh, Mel Gibson, to most of you people who have just seen the movie and not done any research on it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. By Harold G. Moore and Joseph L. Galloway. Definitely pick it up. Mm -hmm. It's a really good one. And uh, if you're looking for another one, while Bro Neal is still searching for his author. um, Oh, brother, I already got it. Robert M. Persig. Persig. P 
P-I-R-S-I-G. And the name of the book, please. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. There we go. Nice. There Written it is. in uh, 1974. Nice. Oh, damn. Okay. Got some Steinbeck vibes. <laughs> cricket, cricket. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Johnny Steinbeck. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. <laughs> Midas, what are you uh, reading right now? Uh, so, I don't like to dabble in fiction much i think i want to learn things from real occurrences and accounts for the most part but um the book i'm reading now kind of crosses that line back and forth which i really appreciate it's actually the uh, terminal list by jack carr mm. yeah former uh i've read that book that's commander. a good book yeah yeah i got the audio book so i can listen to it at work so i don't lose my shit Dealing with a lot of the stupid <laughs> stuff there. Um, just an extension of my self-awareness, we'll call it. Uh, <laughs> just knowing I need a distraction sometimes. So anyhow, uh, really good book. I think he does an awesome job of bridging aspects of reality with, I'm going to call it fiction, but it's like if something is, I guess if it's like, a roller coaster sitting at the top of a long descent. It's got a lot of potential kinetic energy. Is it actually fiction at that point? Or is it reality waiting to happen? Or is it stranger than fiction? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean though? No. Uh, yeah. That's, I think that's a good point. Dude, Jack you know, Carr. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's, 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 good, a, man. he's a great author. works that you can yeah. look at and be like, Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> That, that was a weird prediction. How is oh, it that dear. a game is actually true? <laughs> yeah. Enter the Simpsons. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, but for real. Yeah, but yeah. for real. Though. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's just solid. You know, he's... One of the things I hate about Hollywood is their lack of knowledge about, like, military and weapons and stuff. It's like, if you hired someone who went on, like, one deployment, even to Kuwait, it would probably be a better military advisor than whatever the fuck you have going on right now. Yeah. Uh, and he's not like that. He's he's very specific about like guns and gear and how they're employed. Uh, he talks about you know like even the hospital room in Bagram. Like I had that experience one time. It's freaky. Uh, yeah, it was just it was really cool. A lot of things to relate to. Um, very yeah. accurate for a fiction book to yeah. real life. Yeah. yeah, Jack Carr is a great author. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just super. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest of it. Uh, it's making me miss it a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it brings back memories and it spawns, uh, you know, thought that is good to process. So anyhow, yeah, guys, that's, that's what I'm reading right now. Big fan. We may have spawned a new section of this podcast right at the end. What are you, oh, reading, we're now? Sure. What are you reading now? We're just, we just become a book club. We toss everything the to the side. And we're now just, we're just Don't put that shit on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> we, we change our, uh, change our call signs to uh, Rose, Margaret, and uh, Gladys, and we just talk about <laughs> fucking books we're reading. You might not get zucked that way. Don't put that shit on me, Ricky Booby. Ricky Booby. Ricky Booby. Ricky Booby. You will eat the pancake. <laughs> it is a skinny pancake. Oh, sweet. Baby good. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, sweet five pound, five pounds, baby Jesus. 
Oh, fuck. All right, guys. Sorry. We're rambling. Oh, anyways. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, yeah. So check out those books. Really cool stuff. Uh, motorcycle maintenance. Got some terminal lists. And uh, we were we soldiers. Got a little bit of we were soldiers. Yeah. Mm. The, mm. the Ladrang mm. Valley, perhaps. Pretty cool. Actually, uh, okay, one more, one more segue. Oh. I knew a guy who was a first sergeant in Vietnam, who a sergeant major Plumley in that movie and book was basically his mentor. Oh shit! Yeah, pretty cool. And I was like, was he like as bad a motherfucker as he made him out to be in the movies? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> How do you yeah. know what kind of goddamn day it is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. It's really neat seeing that. Like, you know, cool, some dudes man. are actually as bad as they're depicted to be. Yeah, bad isn't good. You know. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, guys, cool little note there. Stay safe out there. Be good. Treat people with respect until they prove otherwise, and then seek to avoid conflict if you can. Um, you know, the rest is up to you. Be an asset, not a liability. And, uh, recent poll we had on our Instagram page looks like Chopped has won out over guys' grocery games. So get out there and watch, sell some Chopped. Have a good night.